0: All right. All right. Here we go. NBA podcast is back for the 2022-23 season. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined here by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. NBA tip-off is imminent. We have two games to go ahead and kick off the NBA season on Tuesday night with the Philadelphia 76ers. will be on the road at the Boston Celtics, and we have the LA Lakers heading to the Bay Area to take on the NBA champions, Golden State Warriors. It is a TNT doubleheader. I know Mackenzie and I will be glued to the TV set watching those games. So Mackenzie, with a very successful 2021-22 NBA season in the books for you, I'm curious how you're approaching the new NBA season.
1: I just keep adding. It's one long poker game, and you just try to get better every day. I sound like a pro athlete, but for real, I got a lot better over the course of last season. There was a lot of tools, databases, sources, More people that I trusted just as the season went on, what worked, what didn't work. I kept adding just like I did the year before with a little more intent. Now that I'm as a pregame pro, a little more formal organization. You know, I take the responsibility seriously. RJ took me under his wing and said, you know, if you prove that you can do this, I'll let you do this. So I took that very seriously. Like I said, I got better over the course of last season. Sites like dunks and threes, shot quality, became more conversant with it. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, the finals was my best round of the playoffs and the playoffs is better than the regular season. I just hope 2022, 23 uh, continues that upward trajectory.
0: Well, I'm going to say this, that I got better Mackenzie because of you, because I was able to work with, you know, guys like you and you in specific, I got better. So, you know, my approach is pretty simple. Keep Mackenzie around me and I <laughs> should be okay. And uh, I think that, You know, you did a lot for me last season, opening my eyes up to, you know, a lot of the statistical stuff that I normally don't dive into. And that's why I love having you on the podcast. So let's go ahead and let's talk about what we have here for you guys today. Mackenzie and I, we're going to give out our team win total prop of the year and our division win prop of the year. Also, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover the Tuesday games and we'll cover some of the future wagers, MVP, six man of the year, things like that. And Mackenzie and I, we already got down on those, or we will be getting down on those. And then what we'll do is we'll wrap up this podcast with a best bet player prop for the Tuesday night card. I'll tell you this. I'm excited for this NBA podcast season. We have a few new things that we're going to go ahead and kick off for you guys. So the NBA main podcasts are going to be released on Tuesdays and Fridays. That's on the Dream Pod feed. Mackenzie and I will also do some quick podcasts for you guys, and we'll release those on our Twitter accounts, those will be on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And our main pods, we have two new featured segments. Mackenzie, why don't you go ahead and tell them what they're about, where they can find them? I'm excited for that.
1: Yes, sir. Segment number one is kind of like daily fantasy, but with a pregame twist. Pick five players you think are going to score the most points on the Wednesday NBA card. Go to the pregame forums. will be a pin thread. Write your five players, and then we'll do the accounting. Whoever has the Highest total of their five players selected will get fifty-five free dollars from pregame.com to spend on anywhere you like on the website. And we're going to be participating. We're going to be on our Tuesday recorded podcast, picking our five players, doing some of the game theory for you right here on this podcast, and maybe a player prop or two that we like over. Uh we'll be part of the conversation. So free to enter. And yeah, if you win, $55, boom, straight into your pregame account. And on Fridays, it gets really good. We get the Fezzik Bankroll Bet, one of the greatest handicappers in the world, arguably the greatest better in the world, will be participating from afar on this podcast. We're going to be doing the handicapping. we're going to be showing our NBA acumen and then we're going to pass it along relay style to Steve Fezzik. He's going to get the best number in the world for the cider total that we select on the Saturday NBA card each and every week. He's going to make that bet using his 30 outs, getting the best number possible in the entire world. We're going to take a screenshot of that bet. We're going to post it to our Twitter, and you can follow along with uh, our best bets, getting the best number from a best better we know, Steve Fezik. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be posting that each and every week for our Saturday NBA card on this podcast.
0: All right, I'm excited for that probably more than anything. We have to at least thank Fez, you know, that he has trust in us and faith in us. Last season, Mackenzie and I, 57.1%. As a combined record over 345 plays for plus 104.45 units, Fezzik has faith in us, so we have to deliver. And and Mackenzie and I plan on delivering for sure. I know you guys are going to have fun with all that you know for the entire season. And speaking of following us, simply search on your podcast player "RJ Bell's Dream Preview." Make sure you guys follow that feed. Find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame and at Mac and Rivers. And you guys can also find us on the Best Sports Betting Information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Mac, let's go ahead. Let's kick this off with our team total of the year. We talked about this the other night on our conference preview podcast, the last two days. drum roll, please. The New Orleans
1: Pelicans over 45 and a half wins. That is our collective
0: podcast team total of the year. All right, I wish I could make like a Pelican sound, but I don't even know how to do a Pelican sound. <laughs> there you go. Season win total of the year. We're going to go ahead and take the New Orleans Pelicans. And, Mackenzie, we're going to go ahead. We're going to play that at 45. Now, look, there's some shops out there at 44 and a half, some out there at 45 and a half. Mackenzie and I, we're going to grade this wager at 45 wins. Look, I'm all in on this team. I love this team last year, and I have the same affinity for them again this year, the Pelicans. They were good to me last year, but the question I really want answered, how impactful is Zion Williamson? How much is he worth to this team? This is a team that made the playoffs a year ago. Let me just draw a comparison here. If DeJounte Murray can take the Spurs to the playing game and then leave San Antonio for Atlanta, and now the Spurs team total is the lowest in the league, then what can Zion do for this Pelicans team? Mac, the Pelicans, they pushed the NBA's best record team last year in the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs last year. I feel like with Zion and this group of players that the sky is kind of the limit right now. Now, I've heard some people put Zion in the group of players with Luka and Tatum. Not sure I'm in that camp. You know, Some people said John Morant, Jimmy Butler, players like that. And if the Pelicans, let's just say hypothetically, had Tatum on that team last year, is that a Western Conference Finals or a Finals team? Are they not?
1: Yeah, they beat the Suns with Jason Tatum. You switch out, I don't know, sixth man for Jason Tatum. They definitely beat the Suns. I mean, they almost beat them without that star level player. But that said, I don't think Zion Williamson is Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler or any of those kind of players. He's kind of different, which I think helps us here because it's difficult to incorporate a high volume wing player that wants the ball all the time. Brandon Ingram's going to be looking over his shoulder. Is this still my team? I think Zion Williamson is a completely different animal. We saw it in his second year when they needed a point guard. Okay, I'm a center, but I can play point guard. I feel like he gets in where he fits in, and it's because of his skill set. No one has the strength and athleticism and skill that he has. So he can be the biggest power forward and get you five offensive rebounds a game, or he can be the fastest center and get you a bunch of fast break points. All of his skills are going to add to this team, to a, a makeup that, Went 8-2 down the stretch when they had all their players. When Brandon Ingram played since February till the end of the year, 8-2 and two straight up in ATS, playing like a 50-win team, I don't think they're distracted at all, adding Zion Williamson. I feel like he's purely upside, and let's just say he gets hurt. Let's just say he goes down last preseason game. I guess they're all over, but somehow, you know, he, he gets a bug. He can't play at all this season. I'm worried about the bet. But I'm not throwing away my ticket. I think this hits 50% of the time with no Zion. Adding Zion to the mix, I feel like this is a 65% play.
0: Well, overall for me, I actually don't think that anybody knows what the hell Zion does for this team. Because I sat and I thought about it, and I honestly have no clue. I know that he improves this team. That I can answer. How much? I I honestly don't know. Uh, Obviously, I think over 45 wins. And we know he's good. We know he's athletic. In my opinion, he looks like he's in the best shape of his life right now. He looks slim down. He looks toned. You know, the trio of McCollum and Ingram and Zion, you know, they only played like a handful of games last season, but Zion averaged like 27 points a game, seven rebounds, four assists. Correct me if I'm wrong here, McKenzie. Two years ago, Zion finished with fourth in PER in the league. Yeah. What I like about Zion most, he knows exactly what his game is. He's not going to be out there jacking up a bunch of threes. They have CJ and Ingram to do that. I believe that he's kind of a seamless fit right into this offense. Now, let's just say he's even with Jimmy Butler. You know, I mentioned him before. I think that's fair. Butler, similar numbers. But look, Jimmy's been in the playoffs like every single year that he's been in this league. 45 wins for a team that pretty much has every base covered on offense, I think, and defense should certainly be able to win 45 games or more. I have this team finishing with the final record of 50 and 32. So there you guys have it. I don't know if McKenzie has anything to add on there. I'll just drill home the point one more time.
1: Middle of the year, big trade, they acquired C.J. McCollum. And in addition to that, guys started to buy into new coach Willie Green's system. After February, this team was beating all comers, pushed the Suns, who won 65 games, to six. That's the team that you're adding a top 20 player to. Like I said, I think you used the right word a seamless top 20 player that's going to get in where he fits in love this prop i think they're going to win 53 games let's go let's play a little personal over under if they win 52 or less you win if they win 53
0: or more i win i'm more bullish than you is what i'm saying all right so 45 makes me even feel better that you're a little even more stronger than i am but there you guys have it that is our nba team total of the year, New Orleans Pelicans over forty-five wins. Let's go ahead and let's jump into our division prop of the year. Then we can go ahead and we can talk about Tuesday's night's game. Uh, division prop of the year, drum roll, please. The Minnesota Timberwolves plus one fifty-five to win the Northwest. All right, Max. So you gave us the Pelican sound drop. Can you give us a Wolf sound drop?
1: Ooh. <laughs>
0: All right. That was pretty good there, Matt. All right. I'll take it. All right. Let's start out with last year's final record for the T Wolves. Last year they won 46 games and you know they they pushed the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies six games in the playoffs. And the total this year for Minnesota right now was set at forty eight and a half. Gold Bear, in my opinion, the addition with this guy is is certainly worth more than two and a half wins. If Gold Bear was still on the Jazz, would the Jazz have a season win total? Now at 25 and a half because the Jazz, although they did lose some players and some big name players, they're only set right now at 23 and a half. I just have a hard time uh, playing the Jazz under 25, 26, 27, maybe even like 28 and a half wins if Colbert is on that roster. So I think the Wolves team total is mispriced to start with. And then the division price, I think it should probably be more maybe in that plus 110, 115 range, somewhere around there. I feel like this is just a two horse race with this division with the Wolves and the Nuggets. And I favor the Wolves starting five over Denver's right now. I favor the Wolves bench over Denver's. You know, Utah and OKC, they're projected to be, you know, two of the worst teams in the league. And Portland, who they're going to be better this year, obviously, with Dame Lillard back, their team total is only set at 39.5. That's a clear nine games back in that department. It gives me hope that basically this is a one on one wager here. It's Denver, it's the T Wolves. Jokic, he took just eight shots in the preseason there, Mac. He was dealing with the sprained wrist and Jamal Murray. He only played in two preseason games, and he already has a hamstring injury. I'm worried that the Nuggets deal with a, a little bit of an identity crisis, trying to get Murray, KCP, Michael Porter on the same page. All the while, you're asking Jokic to single-handedly, who ran this team, to go ahead and take some kind of a role change or a backseat to this you know, new type of Denver Nuggets team. Now, the injuries know they're starting to leak into the starting lineup and I think Denver probably starts out a little bit slower than some anticipate the wolves a little bit faster than more anticipate and the wolves they're working with just a better all-around team and I think that they start out this year with a lead in front of Denver and Denver just simply can't catch up so I love the wolves here to go ahead and win this division I know you have a lot in this game there Mac as well but that's what I have I love this wager I think this is going to be a winner for us at the end of the year how you feeling about all that?
1: I think this should be pick them. I think these are minimum, at minimum. I'm gonna make my case why I think the Wolves are more likely to win this division. First, real quick, I'll eliminate everybody else. The Jazz tanking for the first time in 20 years. Thunder, 250 to one. They're not gonna win it. The Blazers might be interesting at 8 to one, but let's be honest, this is a two team race. The Timberwolves, like we just talked about with the Pelicans, had a new coach last year. He, maybe he was uh, six months into his coaching career with the Timberwolves, but he was pretty much a new coach. And just like we saw with the Pelicans, come January, things started to click. The Timberwolves were the number one offense in the NBA post-January 1st. They were on a 53-win pace doing that. By the way, they add to that Rudy Gobert, a guy that doesn't need the ball, will be a seamless transition in the offense because he's not going to be participating much in the offense other than catching lobs and getting offensive rebounds. And the best defensive player in the NBA over the last decade. Another seamless transition. And this is a team that just made the playoffs for the second time in like 25 years. I was just listening to a Minnesota Timberwolves reporter make the point, this is the most excitement a Timberwolves team has had, bar none. Forget Jimmy Butler, forget KG, ever in their history expected to be a top four team in the West. That's the kind of team I want to bet on in the regular season. A team that wants to make a statement reminds me of the Grizzlies last year. Now, real quick with the Nuggets, I don't think they want to make that statement. Jokic, back-to-back MVPs, he wants to make the third round. That's their goal. They want to bring Jamal Murray back, make him an all-star again. That's not That doesn't happen overnight after missing 18 months. I feel like they're going to ease him in. They want to congealize this team over the long run. But I feel like the Timberwolves, again, best offense in the league. Last six months, we saw them. I feel like they keep that upward trajectory. They're going to dominate this. I wouldn't be surprised if they were a second or third seed in the West. Unlike the Nuggets, I don't think the Nuggets are going to come out the gate swinging.
0: Well, the Wolves certainly have the makeup. I mean, I was going through and we were looking through future wagers and things like that. And you're seeing guys like Anthony Edwards pop up in the MVP. Cat's popping up in the MVP. There's Gobert, defensive player of the year. Like this team's stacked and it's not only do they have talent, like they have high-end talent, all-star talent. It's not going to be an easy team for anybody to take out. And as you said, Denver might start out a little bit slow trying to ease some of these guys in. And my biggest factor, I think Jokic is going to struggle to find himself playing the way that he was able to play the last couple of years, you know, with all these kind of new pieces that they have in there. So that's it, guys. That's our division prop of the year. We're going to go ahead. We're going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves at plus 155 to win the Northwest Division. All right. With that all out of the way, we want to go ahead. We want to talk some Tuesday night basketball for you guys. We have the Philadelphia 76ers. They'll be on the road at the Boston Celtics. Current line in this game right now on the pregame.com Game Center. Boston favorite here, minus two and a half. We have a total of 216 and a half. McKenzie, he has a best bet in this game. I have a best bet in this game. McKenzie, I'll let you have the honors for the first NBA game of the new season. What do you got? Absolutely.
1: We're going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers plus 120 on the money line to beat the Celtics, to upset the Celtics on opening night. Now it might actually not be an upset. If you're looking at the same trends that I am and you realize that the championship loser made it all the way to the finals, So close to their dreams, ended up losing that team. The last 10 years, three winners, seven losers, straight up four and six ATS in opening night. Contrast that with the championship winners, nine and one straight up. 7-3 and ATS. So it's exactly the opposite. Why? I think the championship winner is, you know, excited about the new season, excited about getting their rings, excited about putting a statement down. I think the championship loser is thinking, man, we are nine months away from having the opportunity, the chance at redemption. They are so far away from that. It's difficult to gear down. That's why I've seen historically minus 7 ATS margin For the championship loser on opening night. Now that's all big picture stuff. Let's get into this particular game. 76ers opened as six-point dogs in this game to the Celtics. Over the last few weeks, we've seen so much money come in on Philadelphia. Their season win has gone up, their title odds have gone down, you know, less payout, more chance to win. And in this game has been the most drastic movement from six now to two. I think Philadelphia is getting the credit this is going to sound counterintuitive getting for the credit for how poorly James Harden looked in the playoffs. People are starting to add two and two together. No way. James Harden was as good as he was the season before last, as good as he was the first couple months, not only with Brooklyn, but with Philadelphia only to have one of his worst offensive playoffs ever. People are saying, okay, maybe the hamstring thing was legit. Even if it wasn't, he was incorporating himself into a brand new team. Now with the summer off, with James Harden admittedly bought in, I am trying to win a championship. I am trying to change my legacy and prove that I'm a team first. I took out however much money I needed to take so that we could maximize our roster. Saying all the right things. And by the way, they did add to that roster. Biggest free agent signing of the summer. Pretty quiet. Montrez Harrell. I had him as my top-rated free agent. He comes in. He might be a problem, his defense in the playoffs. In the regular season, he's all upside, manning that second group. P.J. Tucker, by the way, one of the most impactful defensive players. Didn't hear much about him leaving Miami. I think he fits in perfectly with Joel Embiid as a frontcourt duo that is unmatched defensively. I think they want to make that statement, opening night, and I think they're ever bit as talented as the Boston Celtics. So I agree with all this money coming in on Philadelphia. High variance as the NBA is, I don't really mind the two points. I'm going to take the money line, Philadelphia 76ers plus 120. All right, well,
0: there's McKenzie's best bet. Let me go ahead and give you guys mine. For me, this was an easy call. First half under 111. The game line's 216. It's the first game of the season. Typically, I think offenses struggle you know, to go ahead and get it going. I think these two teams might not actually have that problem, though, because these rosters aren't really all that different from last year. But, I think we should consider that slightly. What I like about this first half under is twofold. These are two defensive teams, and the legs for both teams will probably be the strongest in the first half. I worry about fatigue in the second half for all these teams in their first game. I don't foresee the defenses holding up after you know such a long layoff for any team. Now, that could be sloppy shooting maybe in the second half, and I get that, but I want defensive teams with good legs and my best intensity early. My best bet, I'm going to go ahead and make it to 76ers and the Celtics under 111 in the first half. All right, with the first game out of the way on Tuesday, let's quickly go through a few more future wagers before we get into the nightcap with LA and Golden State. Let's talk MVP. Kenzie, I'll go first on this one. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Luca at 5-1, to one, and I'll try to make this one quick. You know, the MVP award has been, in my opinion, a triple-double award over the last couple of years. I mean, it's just been strongly considered. Uh, over the last couple of years, look at the last six winners Westbrook, he's a triple double guy, Harden, triple double guy. Actually, Luka might actually end up passing Harden in triple doubles for his career this year. So, you know, just take note of that. And then you have Giannis and you have Jokic. Both of those guys win back to back MVPs, all triple double guys. So, if Giannis and Jokic don't win this award this year, then I think it has to almost be a guy who could fill up the stat sheet. And the past winners have. And, When I look, I really don't see a triple-double guy in the MVP odds outside of Jokic and Giannis until I go all the way down to LeBron James, and I don't see LeBron winning it. So I feel like I'm betting on that triple-double trend, but Luka is a one-man show, and this is his prime right now. Luka right now is the face of the NBA, and we all know what Luka's thinking. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. But seriously, though, if he can carry Dallas again like he did last year, he will at least have – the stats to win the award. I haven't worth 6.6 points to the line and that's number one in the league. I haven't rated as my best player in the league right now. So even though he's the favorite and I can only see Luka's odds probably dropping as he goes out and drops 30 to 40 each night. I think he really pushes the triple doubles throughout the season. I believe he had like 10 last year. I won't be surprised if he almost doubles that this year. So for me there, Mac, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play MVP Luka Doncic at five to one. What do you got? First of all, I think Luka is the most likely to
1: win it, so agree with that pick. Triple-doubles, another way to put that is just general box score performance. Well, probably the best single box score metric we have is player efficiency rating, or PER, and 11 of the last 13 MVPs have been number one in that stat. So, agree with you there on Luka, he's got to do everything for that team. However, for my pick, I'm going to go off the board a little bit, or not off the board, but you know a little down the leaderboard. How about Steph Curry 12 to 1 to win MVP? Now, this is not a guy that's going to get a ton of triple doubles. This is not a guy that's going to lead the league in player efficiency rating. But my handicap here, or my thought is the same as what it was when I picked Steph Curry to win finals MVP last year. If you look past the box score, if you look at some of the metrics I like to call impact metrics, how much you change your team's performance, regardless if you get the rebound or get the assist or score a bunch of points, how much does your team? Benefit from you being out there. Nobody over the last decade touches Steph Curry. Nobody's even close. The best impact metric I know, estimated plus minus by dunks and threes, will confirm all this. So my handicap here is the market, which I said during the finals, is not even the market. The media, the general zeitgeist of the NBA is starting to appreciate the little things, maybe not so little things that Steph Curry brings to the basketball court that you can't really see in the box score. But there's a reason the Warriors are four-time champions. I feel like now that he has that pelt on his wall, he's going to get some of that credit he deserves. By the way, first 20 games of the season last year, Steph Curry was the MVP, by far the best stats. He got hurt in the middle of the season, ended up not playing that many games. I feel like he's got a monkey off his back after that fourth championship. He's going to come into this season free and easy, play 70 games, shoot a little better than he last year when he had a down shooting year. And yeah, I think he's a sixth favorite right now. Maybe he's not going to win it, but he should have better odds
0: than the sixth favorite. So I'm going to take Steph Curry as my pick for MVP. All right. I dig it. I have nothing wrong with that one. I like how you brought in the media there because we're going to talk a little defensive player of the year. And I think the media actually has something to do with my selection here. Now, all the usual suspects are there. Goldberg's there, a three-time winner. Giannis, Marcus Smart, uh, Draymond, all those guys are in the top five, six candidates there. But why not Ben Simmons? Not only do I think he can win it on talent and production alone, he's on the Nets, and I feel like the Nets are kind of a a team that just they just need a feel-good story or two. Mac, you know I love my conspiracy theory, so I actually want you to put this down on our spreadsheet for all the wagers that we're going to go ahead and track. So put down Sleepy's Conspiracy Theory Wagers. All right. This is going to be one of them. The NBA has a weird way of turning a possible NBA bust story into a star story. And we've seen it in the past. And Simmons right now, I think that he actually is being looked at as a bust type of player. He can't shoot. He won't play. He's hurt. You know, yada, yada, yada. And I actually feel like Ben Simmons kind of took on some crummy treatment last year. And I think he was clearly down and out, down in the dumps. He was hurt. He said that he had mental issues. You know, he was on the bench in Brooklyn for the playoffs. He never played in the crowd. You know, they weren't exactly happy about it. And they let him know, you know, exactly how they felt. And the media just piled on, you know, day after day, week after week. I think this is a great redemption story and probably a big middle finger, you know, to the media if Simmons actually wins this award. But the NBA and the people who vote on these awards, and you know this, McKenzie, they jump on bandwagons just as quickly as they jump off and. They're going to be guys that are like, I told you so. I told you so. We all knew this man was good. And everyone who ever felt sorry for Simmons, and there are people in that camp too, I think he's going to get those votes as well. So Ben Simmons is going to come back with a vengeance this year. I think that this is the right fit for him. He doesn't have to go out there and be a scorer. He's got Kyrie next to him. He's got KD next to him. Go out there and be the best defensive player in the league. So I think Ben Simmons wins the defensive player of the year. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him. At 27 to 1. I'm in on that one. Mackenzie, I'm not sure if you have anything to pile on top of that one, but Ben Simmons, man, I think the guy could legitimately win this award this year.
1: I'm surprised at the number. I mean, the last time Ben Simmons played a full season or any season, he didn't play at all last year, he finished second in Defensive Player of the Year. No reason to me that he would be any worse defensively. And like you say, narrative wise, makes a lot of sense that he would be all
0: in defensively this year. All right. Well, I certainly want you to go ahead and put that wager down for me. Uh, on our sheet let's go ahead let's talk six man of the year Jordan Poole he right now is the favorite at plus 450 I see Westbrook showing up on the odd screen now that's kind of intriguing so Poole he's followed by Christian Wood, Norm Powell, Tyler Hero, Malcolm Brogdon all those players kind of right now in that 8 to 10 to 1 range then further on down the list you have Bones Highland, Dinwiddie, Anthony Simons, Clarkson, Lavert, and a slew of others in that 15 to 30 to 1 range Mac, I'll throw it to you first. I'm not sure if anybody sticks out right now with that wager, but who would you possibly look at, or maybe somebody else?
1: I'm going to be chalky here. I'm going to say the favorite Jordan Poole at 4-1 to one is not only the most likely to win it, but also the best wager. He just got a four-year, $140 million deal, and nobody in the starting lineup's going to keep him out. Klay Thompson ain't sitting. Andrew Wiggins ain't sitting. So he's very firmed. I don't think any other player, Norman Powell might start at one point. Tyler Hero, I think... I'm surprised he's on here. I think he will have to start for the Heat later on, if not right away in this season. So Jordan Poole is the most sixth Manny of this team. And I also think he's just one of the best players on this list, if not the best. 22 years old, shooting 17 points per game, a 60% true shooting. It's literally never been done before in the second and third rounds of the playoffs. The only guy that's ever done it in the playoffs is Tyre- Tyrese Maxey, who got kicked out in the second round. So Jordan Poole at an extremely young age, in an extremely pressurized moment. I know he didn't have the best finals, but you look at his playoffs overall. Huge up arrow next to his name, and like I said, perfect spot to win this award.
0: All right, I don't have no problem with that. And you mentioned the name, and the guy that I'm picking actually reminds me of Tyrese Maxey, and that's Bones Highland. I think one of the more important things that you mentioned there was a guy that's actually going to be the sixth man. You mentioned a couple other names on there, and there's plenty of guys that right now are showing up on the odd screen that I actually think will start. Bones Highland will not. He will be the sixth man for the Denver Nuggets. And the Nuggets put a lot of trust in him last year, especially in the playoffs. He went out there. He filled up the stat sheet. He did his job. So if Poole doesn't get it, I I could see maybe Bones Highland getting it. And you can get him at 20 to 1. This is not a big wager that I'm going to make like a full unit bet. It's just a pizza bet. But I think Bones Highland stands a good chance. Probably land within the top three. So I'll go ahead. I'll do that. Bones Highland, sixth man of the year. Uh, at 20 to 1. All right, with that stuff out of the way, let's go, let's jump into the nightcap here between the LA Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Current line in this game, let's call it Warriors minus six. Let's call it 225 for a total. Mac, I'll go ahead. I'll throw it over to you for this one. How you feeling? It's going to be a fascinating season this year
1: for the Lakers because this was the title favorites. Nobody was expected to be better than this team last year. Fast forward 365 days, zero personnel that would move the needle we think has changed yet the lakers are expected to finish seventh in the west it's all about chemistry anthony davis he's been off his shooting's been off the last couple of years but he's still inarguably a top 15 player lebron james same thing russell westbrook you know some people think he's not even good enough to be in the nba i think those people are kind of crazy those people are kind of they're watching first take a little bit too much undisputed a little bit too much westbrook still top 100 player top 50 player I think that's absurd to push them much farther than that. So why have they been so much downgraded? Like I said, it's all chemistry. How are they going to fix that? That is the question I'll be fascinated in. Darvin Ham had a lot of success as an assistant with Milwaukee, saying all the right things in all the press conferences, and he's doing things that makes me think he sees the problem and he knows he's going to have to correct it. Keeping Westbrook on the bench coming off in the preseason was a very, very savvy move, in my opinion. However, it did not work. They lost by fifty points in the first half. They were getting blown out. Not only did the first unit didn't work, the second unit didn't work. That said, I like the fact that they're trying things. We see Westbrook forty to one on the Six Man of the Year awards, so the market's saying, "Hey, this might be an option for them." I'm not sure if that's the option or what the option is, but I do think with a new coach, with new energy, with a new lease on life, they're going to try. You're going to find something that works. This is better than the seventh team in the West. Are they going to find it in the first month of the season? I don't know. I will be watching and observing. Uh, I do not have a good feel for the side. The Warriors, in my opinion, are four points better. So this line makes sense. Like I said earlier in the podcast, championship teams have done really well in the opening night. So maybe a slight lean to the Warriors based on that. But I'm looking for the Lakers to be improved before long. Uh,
0: It's a wait and see for me, though. All right. Good stuff on that for me. I'll make a small pizza bet wager here on the under 225. It's hard for me to recommend a bigger wager, you know, when this line opened up at 229, it's now down to 225. I do feel the market is heading in the right direction, though. I'm buying into the under because of the Lakers, and this Lakers team finished tied for third worst last year in points per game allowed. You can't win in this league with a defense just that bad. You just can't do it. And with guys like LeBron and AD and Beverly on the floor, I feel like defense is going to be priority number one for LA and it's probably going to be easier for this Lakers team defensively to kind of figure out what they want to do and how they want to do it before they can figure out the offense. LeBron knows how to win in this league and how to get the job done uh, in order for that to happen. No way in hell he didn't say to himself this offseason that this defense didn't need to be fixed. So, look, it's game one. Lakers should be looking long-term, but they have to fix the defense. They have to try to fix the defense now. I think that's the calling card of this team. When you Go back to when you know, they won the title with LeBron and AD. The defense was actually quite solid. I see LA taking a defensive approach to start this season, and I view Darvin Ham, Lakers' new head coach, as a defensive-minded guy. The Lakers' unders, that's something that I'm going to be looking for to go ahead and start the season. And we know about the Warriors in big spotlight games. They bring the defense, one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they showed that last season by beating the best teams in the playoffs, in the biggest spots. And they held so many teams last year, you know, right around that century mark. So I believe the Warriors bring some defense here. I believe L.A. brings their defense because they have to fix that. And I like the game pizza bet under 225. All right, so with the two games wrapped up there for Tuesday night, we have a couple more things that we have to get to. Before Mac and I get to our best bet, prop bet for Tuesday night, let's go ahead and let's knock out two more quick future wagers. Uh, Mac, let's go ahead and start out with most improved player. I'm actually going to pick two here, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. I want two tickets. I want Zion at 18 to 1, and I want Tyrese Maxey at 12 to 1. I feel good that one or both of these guys are going to be in the running late. Both should be in the playoffs, and I think both will obviously be key to their teams this season. Other names on the odd screen, Anthony Edwards, R.J. Barrett, Brunson, Halliburton, Porter Jr., LaMelo, Cade Cunningham. I mean, they're all they're all a viable options, you know, really far down the list if you want to maybe take a Hail Mary. Now, you might want to take a look at, like, James Wiseman at 55, 60 to 1. But I feel like Zion is important to his team. He'll be in the playoffs. He's going to be able to put up big numbers. And I actually think Maxie, for as good as he was last year, he could take a massive leap this year. So, those are the two that are available right now on FanDuel. So, I'll go ahead, I'll cheat a little bit here, Mac. I'll play two tickets for most improved player Zion at 18 to 1, Maxi at 12 to 1.
1: Makes sense. Big names out there. It's funny, most recently, the most improved players haven't been no name players. John Morant, huge name, huge star, commercial guy before last year. But he went from superstar to super duper star and he gets the most improved player. Uh, The favorite right now, Anthony Edwards, same thing. I saw Anthony Edwards in a movie this summer in the theaters. How is he unknown? He's not unknown. He's a very popular player. However, that's the way the market has been going. That's the way the voting has been doing it to kind of crown a guy, Giannis style. He won this award, Uh, despite the fact they've already uh, kind of established themselves. Well, I'm not the only person complaining about this recent trend in the most improved player award, ben, uh, ben Simmons. I'm talking about him in a second. Bill Simmons said the same thing, and he's very disappointed. So if the market continues continues the way it goes, those are two good picks. I'm hoping that most improved player goes back to giving people the flowers that really need it to, to elevate their brand. And that's why I'm going to go Josh Giddy at 35 to 1. Now, to show why this is a good value pick – let me tell you about someone else that's 35 to 1. He's actually a little bit higher. He's 40 to 1. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was the number one overall draft pick. Like I just said, he was the second in defensive player of the year. Huge star. Talked about on talk shows, you know, hundreds of days out of the year. He's about the same odds as Josh Giddy, who's six years younger. Unlike Ben Simmons, isn't the third man on his team. He's going to have the ball in his hands. Needing to contribute, needing to produce much more than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons kind of wants to stay out of the way on offense because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are there. Joe Harris is there. A lot of shooters are there. Josh Giddy's not only going to have to create, facilitate, he's going to have to shoot and score. So opportunity-wise and improvement-wise, I have Ben Simmons as my 55th best player. I have Josh Giddy as my 75th best player. But Ben Simmons at 20 years old was at LSU. Josh Giddy's is only 20 years old. He's got a much bigger room for improvement, runway to show that he's actually, you know, a top fifty player in this league. That's the kind of guy I hope wins most improved player to make that leap from hundredth ish to fifty or better. We'll see if that actually happens. But that's my pick. I'm gonna go Josh Giddy, point guard from Oklahoma City at thirty five to one. All
0: right. Well, that makes me kind of giddy. <laughs> <laughs> Cause my rookie of the year. Is actually a guy from Oklahoma City, and that's Jalen Williams at thirty to one. I like this kid. I think he's a great two-way player that will find himself in the starting lineup sooner rather than later, and he might actually play quite a bit. I actually think he'll actually play a lot. Uh, this is a key piece now, I think, for the OKC rebuild. He can play the guard spot. He could play the forward spot. OKC outside of SGA will be looking for the next star in this team, and Williams. I mean, if you look at his preseason numbers out of all the rookies, I mean, his box score lit it up. I mean, he looked great. OKC, they've been so far down the last few years that anything really positive, I think, will actually shine some light here on Jalen Williams. I see Williams being inserted uh, probably as the forward and probably not losing that job. OKC, the forward spot, in my opinion, is just really weak and adept at that spot. I don't think it will pose much of a challenge in stealing any of the minutes that he does get. So I'm going to go ahead. I'll do that. The rookie of the year, I get it. There's a couple of guys out there that, you know, the Benchero and, and Ivy, but they're still on bad teams, too. I mean, all these guys that are all up there looking at this award, most of them are all on bad teams. Williams is on a bad team, too. But you're talking about Giddy, you know, being most improved. Well, somebody like Jalen Williams could easily help him out and, and vice versa. So I'll go ahead. I'll do that. Rookie of the year, Jalen Williams, OKC at 30 to one. Mac, you got a rookie of the year or no?
1: Nah, Paulo Benquero to me is such a prohibitive favorite. He's going to have so much responsibility for the magic. He probably should win it, but at plus 180,
0: doesn't get me excited from an odds perspective. Obviously, that makes a lot of sense. You know what else makes sense? How would you guys like to save 20% on McKenzie's season NBA package? How about his monthly or maybe his weekly or even his daily stuff? You can easily do that. Head over to pregame.com, pick up one of McKenzie's pick packages, and enter code MAC20 that's M A C K 20 you'll have the opportunity to save there at pregame you guys best do it mac let's just say if people want to go ahead and try you out for the nba season how do they get you how do they find you where do they go
1: you want to go to pregame.com go to the buy pick section and i'll be there with my best bet or that for the day or the week i'll explain it all in my write up and yeah give me a try i try to you know, show people what I'm thinking, how I'm thinking in the write ups So, you know, I take a lot of pride in, you know, explaining my process. So if you're interested, check me out pregame.com and use that promo code MAC20. All
0: right. So let me give the listeners something here for free. That's extremely valuable. And it's something that Mackenzie just said. And I've been saying this for the longest time on podcasts and telling people in the pregame.com forums, if you go to see yesterday's picks. Look for it on the website. Click on the name, click on the pick, and you can read the write-ups the day after for free. The amount of information that you can get within those picks, and Mackenzie just told you, he loves detailed write-ups. He loves sharing the information. You will learn stuff just from Mackenzie's write-ups that you will not be able to learn from anywhere else, and you guys can get it for free. So although you want the winners, you can still learn valuable stuff from Mackenzie and all the other pregame pros, I'm telling you, that is that is free. That is money. That's like found money, if you ask me. With that out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's get into our best bet player prop for the Tuesday night game. Mac, I love this one. We have some really good stats to go ahead and back this up. Who are we taking for our best bet player prop on Tuesday night? LeBron James. You heard of him? Ooh, I heard of him. My we are going. <laughs> we are
1: going over his rebound props. Of seven and a half. Oh, you're playing over one of the most popular players square, right? No, you got to pick your spots. You got to see the opportunities. Because by the way, that's what LeBron does. He doesn't crank it to 10 every single night, but opening night, we have some history behind us. This guy dominates on the glass opening night. The very first game of the season, he shows up and he shows up big on the defensive glass. The last eight opening nights, LeBron has gone over this number seven times and he's averaging 11 and a half rebounds over those eight games. Now fast forward, he has a huge defensive role on this team with really only one other big in Anthony Davis. He's going to play a lot of minutes. This is a high total. There's going to be a lot of possessions. Take LeBron James over seven and
0: a half rebounds. All right, obviously I like that one because I'm with you with that one, and I will throw this in that LeBron last season against the Golden State Warriors – average double-digit rebounds against that team in every game. And I also think that Russell Westbrook, you know, he's showing up as in the the six-man-of-the-year odds. I wonder how much he'll play with this starting lineup. And if he does come off the bench or, you know, come out with that second unit for longer periods of time than we saw last year, I think there's a chance that LeBron goes over this seven and a half rather easy because Russ isn't going to be out there cherry-picking rebounds. Look, LeBron knows his job in game one. Go out there, and be LeBron. I think we'll see that tonight. So, Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to make our best bet prop for Tuesday night. LeBron James over seven and a half rebounds. All right. with the games out of the way and all the future wagers out of the way, let's go ahead and let's do a quick recap there, Mac, for the week. Tomorrow, Mackenzie and I will be doing our Tuesday night podcast. We'll preview all the Wednesday games and the contests that we spoke about that will be live on pregame.com in the pregame.com forums. Podcast should be up no later than Tuesday, midnight Eastern. Then on Friday, we'll preview the weekend's games, and we'll get you guys ready for that. Make sure you guys follow us on our Twitter accounts, at SleepyJ underscore pregame, at Mac and Rivers. And then on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you guys will get our quick pods. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Leave a review for this podcast. Simply search RJ Bell's Dream Preview, and this has been the NBA edition of Of RJ Bell's dream preview for Mackenzie Rivers and myself. We'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for the start of the NBA season. Enjoy the game.